your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, the finely smelling Chris Maselli, <laughs> along with the equally as, as handsome Kyle Sullivan, thanks to our uh, daughters who like to keep us in primed and proper shape, I guess, with our uh, our hygiene, I guess. You could Absolutely. We're always yes. in game shape. Always. <laughs> thanks, daughters. Uh, but on today's episode, we have some good stuff. Uh, we're going to be discussing the All-Star game, in particular, Nathan McKinnon, who is leading the All-Star voting on the central why that's interesting uh we will be talking about brad marchand's comments i don't like to talk about brad marchand all that much on this show no nope. he had some comments that need to be looked at and talked about and then for the rest of the week kyle and i will be going over some of our favorite moments of the 2021 year and the the multiple seasons that took place for the abs <laughs> Um, and kind of just talking about, yeah, some of our, our favorite moments as we head into 2022. So all of that and then some, but first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. It is always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore avalanche on Twitter, locked on avalanche on Instagram questions, comments, concerns, opinions to locked on avalanche and gmail.com where you can also send your favorite moments. And we'll talk obviously about that later and follow the show's YouTube channel over on the YouTube. Um, all right, Kyle. I, you know, another another day where we should be talking about abs games, but we're not. So we're not going to dwell on that. We dwelled on that yesterday. We're going to move right into the All-Star game because there is an article up on, on NHL.com right now. And voting has been going on for a couple weeks now. And it's the voting is for the captains in each division. And right now, Nathan McKinnon is leading the vote for the Central Division. He has 13, I think it's like 13.5% of the vote. Let me see if I got it up here. 13.5% uh, of the vote. He's battling it out with uh, Kaprizov from Minnesota, who has just under 10% of the vote. They're the top two in the Central to become the captain of the Central Division. Two things I find interesting. One is that Nathan McKinnon is on top. Maybe that's that not all that interesting, but maybe more than that, if you follow the Avs Twitter page, they've been pushing for fans to vote for Kale McCarr <laughs> as the captain. And I get it because Kale's played more games than, than uh, Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon, it, it's not again because of his stats. His stats are fine in comparison to how many games he played he has. What do you think this says about that in particular? Did the Avs just get it wrong and say like, no, our our thoroughbred is and always will be Nathan McKinnon? That's honestly, um, with the Avalanche Twitter page pushing Kale McCarr, that would be a lot of like day in, day out Avalanche fans pick for number one all-star. Like Kale McCarr is like this year has been his breakout year. And when you think about All-Star, you want that name on that roster, and that's something you want to push for. Nathan McKinnon almost is expected. Like, you think Ovechkin's going to be there. Crosby's going to be there. Like, Nate is now in that, oh, yeah, he will be there. And when you said he's beating out 
Krill the Thrill Kaprizov in Minnesota, like that was surprising to me, especially with yeah. this new Nathan McKinnon that's not like highlight goals every night and this new assist happy Nathan McKinnon. That was a yeah. little surprising. And you mentioned uh, talking about fans voting. If you turn on a game on ESPN Plus, there's no way you forget about the the ballot. It is in every commercial break. <laughs> So right. to see Nathan McKinnon leading with all of that publicity for the fan voting, it's kind of surprising. So for I mean, stat wise, uh, Kaprizov is is fifth in the NHL. He's got thirty six points through thirty games. That's twelve goals and twenty four assists. McKinnon, he's got twenty four points through seventeen games. So when you're basing it on uh, games played, you know they're they're both doing exceptionally well in, in the total points department. Obviously, McKinnon only has those three goals compared to his 21 assists. But this is an all-star game. This isn't mm -hmm. based on uh, so much on stats. And that's my other question for this. I don't like all-star games. I think they're a waste of time. Uh, I think they just they break up the season when I'd much rather watch meaningful games. I, I, I just don't, you know, the I know some players like to go. Some don't like to go. Uh, but this begs the question. Forget, all right, forget about the thing with, with Cal McCarr. It, it is a little odd that the Avalanche were putting their effort behind maybe the wrong, not the wrong guy that he doesn't deserve it, mm -hmm. but the fans were like, no, we're still going for Nathan McKinnon because he's the name. Yeah. So that begs the question, what should an all-star game be? Should an all-star game be specifically for what the fans want to see, which is the all-stars? If, if Nathan McKinnon was injured for most of the season and played 10 games. Should he still be going to the all-star game? Because he is one of the elite players in this, in this league. And that's what fans want to see. Or do you really have to break it down by guys who are just having a heck of a season, a season that they've never had before. And maybe they're not an all-star year in and year out, but they are deserving of it and giving it to someone that's played 10 games in this hypothetical uh, 10 games in, in Nathan McKinnon take it away from that guy who's played every game and is playing his butt off and is deserving of that quote unquote all-star for this year. You know, if you, this is a question that every sports league is running into right now when it comes mm -hmm. to all-star games are like, you said you hate them. Yeah. I don't even think they're necessary anymore. I think, I think people tune in for the skills challenge in each sport, like NHL skills challenge, um, NBA, like the three points and the slam dunk. NFL, like the flag football game because they have alumni play. I think those get more viewers, and I think there's more hype around that. The All-Star game doesn't even feel like it used to. It's not even as prestigious anymore. Yeah. yeah. So if it got to the point, like, say, Nathan McKinnon only played 10 games, and yet he's kind of shoehorned into this All-Star game, like, nobody really watches the all-star game they watch like the first little bit and they're like okay well this is fun they're not even trying and they'll flip the that's channel the problem that's a problem like it's just it's just not competitive it's it, you know especially in the nba like zero defense is played yeah <laughs> yeah you know it, it's entertaining if you like dunks and stuff but you know even even going to skills competitions i'm bored with them man like for, for the the dunk competition, I, I get that they're trying to incorporate new things to it and every once in a while you get a guy that comes up with something new. I just think those are boring. The three point competition, I guess is pretty good, but because if a guy gets on a run that that's kind of entertaining, but in hockey, like 
the thing that I look forward to most is the speed competition. Mm-hmm. And I think that's normally the first thing that they do. And then I, and then I shut it off because like uh, slap shots, it's not like a guy is miraculously going to hit a slap shot, 130 miles an hour. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to break the record by like 0.3 miles an hour. So it's like, okay, yeah, it's a record, but I have seen pretty much the same slap shot that fa- I just, I don't get up for this stuff. Maybe if you're there and in person, it's a little bit more enjoyable, maybe just a little, uh, I, for me, it's just a complete waste of time. Um, maybe it's, it's good recognition for that player and look at what the NFL is doing. I mean, I, well, I don't know what they're doing right now, but there yeah. was a moment in time not that long ago where they were going to remove the pro bowl completely because it was God awful to watch and just say like, we will name you a pro bowler because I know in contracts, if you, if you get named an all-star or a pro bowler, you get an incentive. We'll still vote for it and name you a pro bowler, but we won't play the game. And they're still playing it now. And I really wish they wouldn't because it's, it's a bore. And honestly, the All-Star game, the only reason they exist was this was your way of watching Wayne Gretzky. If you were a fan somewhere else like, and you only had your local access to your team, this is how you saw your Wayne Gretzky's, your Mario Lemieux's, your Yagers that you normally didn't see. This was your way of seeing everybody like middle of the year. You get to see everybody and like and see new names that you've heard about but never got mm-hmm. to see them in person. Mm-hmm. Now we get access to everything. Everything can be broken down into a five to 30 second clip on social media. Like we don't need the all-star game for that exposure. Right. And that's why you see everybody leaning to the skills competition, because that's what people want is something you can clip and send. They don't want a full all-star game where it's just tummy sticks. Yeah. And what you just said about this is your, your one, if you're on the, like the East coast, you only get one opportunity to see Nathan McKinnon or uh connor mcdavid or, mm-hmm. or you know guys like that and if you're on the west coast it's the same for you know guys like Sidney crosby yeah. so for me that's why i think yes nathan mckinnon if he had only played 10 games he's in the all-star game mm-hmm. if, if for me if i'm a viewing person that's what i want to see good job dude who is having a career year but you're not an all-star in the sense of an all-star i sorry just yeah and you there. you can't shoehorn players like nathan mckinnon and lose players like uh, Zegris when it comes to the All-Star game either because yeah. like he's lighting it up and you'd want to see him so yeah right so it's it's an imperfect thing but all right let's hear from Bilt Bar and then we're going to hear from who are we going to oh uh, Brad Marchand I, I, just stick with us I know that, that might have wanted you know for some people to say like oh or God. or lick with us <laughs> Brad Marchand hey, joke Brad Marchand <laughs> jokes on the Lockdown Avalanche <laughs> podcast uh, but Bill Bar, it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Makes it easier to stick with your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Uh, You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, you are in luck with Built Bar because they are covered in 100% chocolate. And most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least get something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built bar, you can almost count, you can almost count it as a workout. 
So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar or Built.com. All right, Brad Marshan made some comments. A few players made some comments actually yesterday. Uh, Taylor Hall made a comment, and there was one other player who was escaping me right now who said something. But it was a member of the Lightning, I believe. Stamkos, maybe. Well, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was Stamkos. But players are starting to speak out now. And the one that's getting the most publicity is Brad Marshan. You have it up there. I do indeed. All right, so read it off and then. Uh, we'll discuss it. From Brad Marchand, the NHL and the NHLPA can change the rules of the CBA to add taxi squads so they don't miss any games and don't lose any money, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back in escrow until the owners are made whole from what they have lost during this pandemic. Regardless, how many games are missed, yet they can't do a taxi squad during the Olympics so they can honor the agreement they made so the NHL players can go. Please tell me that's not bull malarkey. And for <laughs> all of you, <laughs> and for all of you who want to pipe back about forfeiting pay while being gone, yeah, not a problem. Let the players make the choice. End quote. And I think for the most part, uh, a lot of people are agreeing with that. Um, I, I, you know, and that's something that I was talking about a lot. Like it's in the CBA for the the players to go. It's in the agreement. And now the NHL and they went with the NHLPA. It wasn't just a, a unilateral decision that mm-hmm. the NHL made. It. So they, they did it in conjunction with the NHLPA, but obviously they pulled the plug on it. In, in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's going to be players that don't like that. Yeah. You know, there's still going to be players that want to go to the Olympics. And this is Brad Martian coming out and explicitly saying that. I, I think, and we were talking about this earlier in the day, and I said I agree with with ninety five percent of this. Um, I, I agree with that. You know, the NHL is just changing the rules and just saying like, nope, we, we can't go. Um, the thing with the money, yeah, owners are in this for the money. <laughs> that, that's yeah. not a shock. They've always this is their business. Yeah. So yeah, they're in this for the money. Uh, I think where he loses me just a little bit is the taxi squads when it comes to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You can't have taxi squads in the Olympics, and here's why: because the the rules that the Chinese government laid down call for if someone gets a positive test, they have to remain in that country for two to five weeks. So let's play worst case scenario: somebody's on a taxi squad, they don't play a minute of Olympic hockey. It is the the gold medal game. They are still on the taxi squad. For whatever reason, they test positive. They have to stay in China for five weeks. So not only have they not played a second of game time, Olympic hockey over in China, now they're staying over there for five weeks and missing game time for their own NHL team. So I don't agree with him on on that one little part. So, I mean, he has, he has a very valid argument in saying how, like, yeah, they have no problem doing taxi squads here to make sure we get games in. 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. No problem doing that. Um, but I, I just don't see how taxi squads would work over in the Olympics because that could be disastrous for a guy 
who doesn't play a single minute over there, and now he's missing a month's worth plus of games when they come back to the ice in the NHL. Yeah, and when it comes to Brad Marchand's comments, like you're hearing these comments come out of veteran players. And what you need to keep in mind, this could be Marchand's last shot at the Olympics. This could be Stamkos' last shot at the Olympics. Like, it means a lot to them, and this was something they were getting excited for, and that rug got pulled out from under him. And he's upset that the league is making all these concessions just to keep the machine rolling, but not follow through with what was promised. Right. And there's already, I mentioned it in yesterday's episode, there's a discourse amongst the NHL players among with tiny little things going on, like when it comes to testing and when it comes to how they handle the Olympics, there's, and now with the NHLPA also agreeing, yeah, we're fine with not going to the Olympics. I feel like there is a disconnect with who's representing the, the players and the veteran guys speaking out. So mm-hmm. there it's, it's getting a little, a little nasty behind the scenes and this really means a lot to those veteran guys to have one last chance to play with everybody you know and play against those that even on your same team for your country so you gotta see like the whole thing do you think they could have could have done that do you think they could have made the the concession the nhl saying like um yeah it's still up to the players if they want to go like we we would recommend them not go mm-hmm. but we agreed to this and we are going to stick to our agreement and now we're you know here's all the information players and you you now you have to make the decision do you think that would be difficult for some guys to say no when you know some guys would say yes do you think it would be difficult for someone like like Gabe Landeskog to to sick because they they he has a soundbite where he's saying he's like yeah I'm disappointed I can't go but I understand it mm-hmm. do, you, do you think there'd be like too much peer pressure on all the players to eventually go or do you think some of them would just stand up well you know some of them would some of them already have before they even mm-hmm. made a decision um, like Alex Petrangelo was like I'm really questioning this uh, you know Robin Leonard was definitely not going but do you think there would be some guys who who would kind of cave to a little bit of this peer pressure of going when they know deep down they shouldn't shouldn't go and do you think that in the end it still should be up to players if they want to go and then the league should should come up with um you know some rules for those players specifically if you're going to go then this is going to what's going to be what happens when you this is it's honestly one of those situations that you can understand either side right where i don't know if peer pressure would affect that decision like Marshan said, let the players decide. Yeah. I don't think there would be any repercussions if someone says yes or no, because it's already, yeah. you already have vocal um, parties on both sides, and people are like, I understand what you're talking about. And the thing with the NHL, they're not up against anything like we were the past couple seasons where we have to finish the season by a certain point. We're not, we don't have to wrap up the season at a certain point. If there has to be an additional delay and push the playoffs out, maybe two weeks, three weeks. See, but, but here's the thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. If you're the NHL, you would say, we're not going to do that. Like, we, like if you're going to go, y- you go. And if you're stuck there for five weeks, we're not stopping the season for you. We're coming back to play when we're coming back to play. I would, and this is just my pure hockey mind this is how i just want this to be this is the one chance the nhl has to do something good 
because everything they've done to this point has been so reactive and knee jerk. It's never been out in front of anything. It's always been, this has been a problem. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Right. Like handle this with at least a little bit of, Hey, this is on the players. If they want to go, the guy you're cheering for, that's on him. Like it's not on us. And that's the one way the NHL can save face in all of this because everything they've done this year has been an absolute travesty. Yeah. I mean, if if you let the players go and the ones that want to go go and then they can't play, then you just have a lot of AHL players in the NHL for a little while. For for a month or so. And we've and had it so far. That. Exactly. Exactly. So interesting. But it's not gonna happen. Um and I and I don't think I think you're gonna hear a lot more uh sound bites like this. Yeah. Uh, from from guys, you know, especially when someone of Brad Marsh and stature comes out and says something like this, you're already seeing it. Those couple other guys and, and Taylor Hall said something similar to the effect of like, why am I if I feel fine, why do I have to quarantine for 10 days? Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother topic. Um all right, let us take a uh, a quick break and then we will discuss our favorite uh some of our favorite moments of this season. Mm-hmm. Let's do that right now, actually. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 2021 is, is obviously coming to an end. We've had uh, an interesting season being Avalanche fans. And why not take a couple days to uh, talk about some of their, our favorite moments from this past year as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely, definitely, definitely want to hear from you guys and, and some of your favorite memories as well. As well. So send us emails, lockdownavalanche at gmail.com or get a hold of us on, on Twitter. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, you can comment on that. You see our Twitter handles on the screen or you can send it to LOPN underscore avalanche. There's ways to get a hold of us. And I know you have some favorite moments. Could be a specific game, a specific play, specific player, free reign to talk about anything that uh, put a smile on your face when it comes to Colorado Avalanche hockey. For me, one of the, uh, and, and these are not in any order, you know, we're not doing a countdown or anything like that. Just talking about m- moments and memories. <laughs> Number five. Yeah. Yeah. We're not doing like a, a David Letterman top 10 or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, for me, I, it was definitely the Lake Tahoe game yeah. and it turned out better than I could ever have imagined. And it was one of those things where, in the moment, it sucked because after the first period, when they when when Batman came out and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to be playing this game or re, re picking up this game and, and finishing it at midnight, East Coast." Yeah. <laughs> um, that 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 was at the moment. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like I I was so excited to watch an afternoon hockey game in that setting yeah. and then like now i i, I actually I, w- I went to bed at like seven o'clock to yeah. to be able to stay up because they had to play two more periods it wasn't like they were just finishing one period uh but now it's one of those things like looking back on it it, it, it was it was it's a story to tell now mm-hmm. so uh you're you were lucky enough to be one of four teams to play in a setting that will probably never happen again yeah. I mean, that was an absolutely beautiful setting. Uh, the pictures that came out of it were amazing. You had the classic earlier, a few weeks earlier, the classic uh, P.E. Belmar soundbite yeah. of thinking he was actually playing on Lake Tahoe, which is still as hilarious now as the first time that I heard it. You had the, uh, the oh boy comment coming from uh, <laughs> uh, Petrangelo on uh, Nathan McKinnon. 
And in the end, the Avs won. And you had them playing in their re- reverse retro uh, Nordic uniform. Like, it, Broke it the was, outdoor curse. Yeah. Yeah. So everything about that game was just, uh, when you look back on it, it was it was great. It was great. Yeah. So I'm glad the Avs were a part of it. Yeah. Um, when it comes to favorite moments of like 2021, I'd be hard-pressed, especially like with how everything started for him. Watching Jared Bednar become the winningest coach in Avalanche history. Yeah. Um, coming from nowhere and just like almost felt like a like flex tape to get mm-hmm. us through the season and to see him stick with the team as long as he has and become a prominent member in, of Avalanche history was absolutely incredible. And you can see how the players handle Jared Bednar and the rapport he has and He's never like in the news for like something he says. Mm-hmm. It's always he's a responsible, level-headed coach. He handles the team and I think we are I mean, this is a guy we should respect kind of like we talked about Miko. Yeah. I think we need to put a little bit more respect on Jared Bednar because I think when everything's said and done, hindsight's really going to look good on him. I think this is uh, you know, one of Joe Sakic's best moves and i think he he probably would have been forgiven if he didn't get it right with jared bednar because of the circumstances after patrick while after you had such a short amount of time after that first season it was not looking good uh but i think he he threw we were talking yesterday does this season get a pass i think joe sackick was like i'm not i don't even care about this season yeah you know this is just a, a disaster uh let's just pick it up the following year and and you're, it's it's been all aces since then. The only thing that they haven't done, obviously, is gone to a Stanley Cup and won it. But um, you know they are in prime position to do that. And I think a lot of that is because of Jared Bednar. His demeanor is awesome. I that's you know I've said many times I, that's a coach that I would play for. He's a player's coach. He's not in your face all the time. Uh, he lets you work your magic. He lets you play your game. And if you don't play well, he'll let you know. Uh, if you do play well. It's because you were expected to do that. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and and again, the way he was hired to now be the winningest coach in, in Avalanche history is, uh, I don't think anybody would have saw that coming after his hire and after that first season. Yeah, and, and it really speaks to Sackick and his scouting. I mean, to go down to the level of Columbus Blue Jackets like coach in the minors guy that never coached in the NHL ever. Yeah. And you, you, it's not just going for the quick name, the recently fired coach, like mm-hmm. your stopgap coach, like he did his research and that same research is what you see on Darcy Kemper. When people kind of roll their eyes and look at where he is now, Sackick does his homework. Yeah. So it's, I, uh, I will always remember, and I've said it, few times on the show i always remember when they were looking for a coach they hadn't hired bednar yet uh someone asked joe sackett like what are you looking for in in your next coach and the first thing he said was i'm i'm looking for a teacher i have a young group of guys and i need them to learn how to play the game the right way yeah and he hit a grand slam and you and you see that on the bench yeah how he handles plays like you uh the quest for the cup series on espn those clips of him on the bench, he's teaching every single shift. Yeah. So he found it. Yep. Good one. 
Very good one. So uh, we'll talk about more tomorrow. And again, if you guys got any, definitely uh, shoot them our way through email or through uh, messaging on uh, Instagram or, or Twitter. So, all right, that is going to be it for today. We will be back. Oh, and I didn't mention Darren Helm. He's in protocol. There you go. That's and end the show on a downer. Why not? Uh, <laughs> but hopefully it just ends right there. Come on. Like it's not going to, we're going to have more no. players on it throughout the year. So anyway, um, anything else happens, we will be discussing it on tomorrow's show, but for now that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. As always, definitely check out locked on NHL for your second listen of the day. Get caught up on everything going on around the league. There are games being played again. So what was the, you said the Montreal and Tampa Bay were tied at three. Last I checked. Uh, And Tampa won it in overtime five to four. I hear you. Yeah. So, yep. There you go. All right. Uh, That's going to wrap it up today, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Always appreciated. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.